0: Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of the Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am joined by Hanukkah Faber. Hanukkah is the President of Foods and Refreshment at Unilever and is part of their executive team. This makes her responsible for Unilever's ice cream, tea and foods globally. As you may be aware, Unilever is one of the world's biggest consumer goods companies, with their products in around 190 countries globally. Today, she is going to share the reasons why planning for the future of foods now is so essential and what she sees as the top trends on our horizon. What Hanukkah won't mention is that she was seven times Dutch national dive champion, but perhaps we'll save that for another conversation. Hanukkah, welcome. Thank you. Hanukkah, my first question to you today, I'm really keen to understand Unilever is heralded on multiple levels for being a leader in sustainability and a role model for businesses. What does this look like and feel like on the inside?
1: That's a great question. So I've, I've only been with Unilever
0: just under three years now.
1: So by Unilever standards, I'm, I'm still a newbie. Um, there's many people who've happily you know, spent their entire careers here 20 or 30 years. But I, I joined because of what I was hoping to be a real environment of indeed leadership and sustainability. And that is so true. Um, my hopes absolutely came true. So Everyone in Unilever is super clear on our purpose, which is making sustainable living commonplace. I've worked at some other great companies, which were great companies, but where the sense of what is our purpose wasn't quite as single-minded and clear to everybody. All 150,000 Unilever employees can wake them up in the middle of the night and ask them, what's our purpose? And they'll all say making sustainable living commonplace. So that's, that's a great start point. And then as a leadership team, we're also very clear what our vision is. Our vision is to show the world that purpose drives superior financial performance. So we know what our purpose is, but we want to use it to drive superior financial performance because we are a company, we're not a charity. So our, our shareholders are really important stakeholders, as well as, of course, consumers, customers, our communities and the planet. I think the other thing that I love about Unilever, in in that context of being a leader in purpose and sustainability, is that people outside of Unilever know about it and therefore join us for it. So we are the number one employer of choice in more than fifty countries around the world. So it helps us attract really great people who are of a similar mindset. You know, they join us because they want to make sustainable living commonplace. So. That's really cool. You don't have to convince a lot of people that this is the right thing to do. And just as a personal level, it's really the only place I've ever worked where you're expected to do well. I, you know, grow the business by doing good. In other places I've worked, they were great companies, but it was kind of you were expected to do well and then kind of on the side also do some good. At Unilever, the two are absolutely intricately connected and. I am expected to do well by doing good. And I expect my people to do the same.
0: Wow. Thank you for that insight. For anybody listening, um, some great advice there, almost to uh, business models, hopefully for the now, not just for the future. hanaka okay, you've recently launched Future Foods, a bunch of kind of commitments under that. What has led up to these commitments and, and why are you doing it?
1: Yeah. You know, these commitments, you should see them in the context of our company purpose of making sustainable living commonplace. But they're specific to the foods business that I run. And what led to them? Well, the, the global food system, honestly, is is not in a great place. One could say it's broken. We have a billion people on the planet who don't have enough to eat. We have another two billion who are obese or overweight. We actually throw away A third of the food that the world produces, it's wasted. And the foods industry is responsible for 25% of greenhouse gas emissions. All those things are somewhat interrelated and none of them are good. So as a big foods player, I very much felt that we have a responsibility to have a positive impact on the global food system. And I also feel it's a growth opportunity that if we can have a positive impact actually more people will buy our products. So that's the background to it. And and what we've committed to is really four things. The first one is that we're going to be selling a billion euros in plant-based meat and dairy replacements, which is a huge growth (laughs) from what we've got today and a little scary. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to get there, but we'll figure it out. But plant-based is so important. You know, the reason... The foods industry is responsible for so much of the world's greenhouse gas emissions and therefore for climate change is animals and mainly cows. We're not telling everyone that you have to become a vegetarian or a vegan, but if we all ate a little bit less meat and a bit more plants, ideally kind of like 50% less meat and 50% more plants, we'd really make a dent in emissions and therefore we'd really make a difference for the planet. So that's the first thing, a billion euros in plant-based meat and dairy replacements. The second commitment is that we're going to halve our food waste from factory to shelf. As I said, way too much food gets wasted. About a third of everything that gets grown gets wasted. And we have to get our own house in order first. We waste too much at Unilever. So we were committing to halving that by 2025. That may sound obvious because it's, you know, a cost saving for us as well. But if it was easy, we would have already done it. Um, It is hard to plan exactly and produce exactly what will get sold and eaten. So that's another challenge, but we're going to do it. The third commitment is that we're going to double the number of products that we sell that deliver positive nutrition. And positive nutrition, we define as products that have a significant amount of either macronutrients like vegetables or proteins or micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. We don't have enough products today that are truly good for you. And we want to and need to double that. And finally, we've committed to continuing to reduce salt, sugar and calories in our products, which we have been doing over the years, but aren't done with.
0: Wow. And I, and I love the fact that you're not necessarily sure how you're going to get there with all of them. You know, it's, it's almost putting a stake in the ground and saying, you know, it's the right direction. It's the future. We have to figure out how we're going to get there on the journey.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to do a few things that are a little scary. And when you say them out loud and you say them out in public, I've learned that that also then makes your own organization, Insight Unilever, believe that we're really serious. <laughs> <laughs> that we got to figure this out. So um, that's certainly one of the reasons why we've gone public with these commitments.
0: And I was wondering whether there are any other reasons why you've gone public on the commitments. I mean, are there are there wider hopes and aims for the commitments?
1: Yeah, certainly. So again, everything starts with getting our own house in order. So, you know, we just have no room to talk if we're still wasting as much food as we are doing today or we're selling as little plant-based foods as we're selling today. So we got to get our house in order. But when we do, and when we're on track to deliver these commitments, I hope they also serve as an inspiration for others in the food system. And that can be our suppliers and our customers who can help us, for example, in reducing waste or selling more products with positive nutrition. And even our competitors, you know, I I know that uh, when I see, you know, commitment from from someone like Tesco's, who've also done some nice commitments in plant-based from Nestle, who put some commitments on regenerative agriculture. I find that inspiring. And I think, dang, you know, they can't be doing better than us. So we got to step on it. And I hope we we have that same effect on others.
0: Nothing like a bit of competition. And mm-hmm. I want to stay on that sort of that that theme around, you know, what when you see somebody else stepping up, you want to do the same from your position. And what are the top trends that you're seeing and, and that others may not be aware of and perhaps should be?
1: I think in general, the top trends that we're seeing, I'm, I'm afraid they're actually quite obvious <laughs> to many, but um, but it's all about how we're reacting to them. So I would say three big things going on now around the world. The first one, of course, is an increased awareness and sensitivity for health. Clearly with the pandemic, everyone is more conscious of wanting to be and eat healthily. So We've reacted to that I think, with some some great new products, for example and campaigns. So on tea we've come out with immune boosting teas in the US with a campaign on heart health because uh, tea black tea is actually clinically proven to support heart health. And of course our whole plant-based eating push also fits into this um, you know health trend. So that that's one. It's it's really really important. It's 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 obvious, but again, how quickly you can react and how meaningfully you can react in your product portfolio, I think, is very very important. And by the way, that goes you know in that's true for developed markets, but very much also for developing markets. So in India, we were very quick to add zinc to our Horlicks portfolio, which again is a proven immune system booster. We did that back in the summer, and in Indonesia. We are now adding iodine to ROYCO, which is the local Knorr, is used by 80% of Indonesian households. And in Indonesia, unfortunately, one third of children have stunted growth because of iodine deficiency. So to add it to a product that is as as ubiquitous as ROYCO stock can really make an impact on public health. So this is not just for, for rich countries very much also for for developing markets. So that that would be one trend. A second trend we call it e everything again was there before the pandemic but has very much accelerated during the pandemic. You know, I'm sure you and I as well are ordering so much more in anything from groceries to whatever we need. So and of course we're all working much more digitally. So those trends have have rapidly accelerated during COVID. We think they're here to stay. And again, we've reacted to it in some ways that might be surprising to some. And then the third, you know, a more sobering trend, of course, is value for money. So many people during the pandemic have, have lost jobs, you know, s- struggle, are really strapped for cash. So good value is ever more important. And we pride ourselves that we, truly feed the world with anything from a one cent stock cube out in Asia to a um, $6 pint of Ben and Jerry's in America. And both ends of that ladder are important. And we pride ourselves on on delivering great value for everyone, especially at a time when people need that value most.
0: Thank you for those insights and, and super useful, I think, for people planning out their sort of coming year and years going forward. You mentioned there, I mean, we're in some very strange, peculiar and crazy tough times. We record this podcast at the sort of end of 2020, looking ahead to 2021. Many say that we're not through the worst of this global pandemic. And arguably, if climate change predictions are correct, then this is just the sort of warm up act. hannah how do you stay motivated how can we build resilience? What would be your advice to others to kind of try and deliver impact? Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. This is going to be a long dance, the long dance with COVID. And it's probably just a dress rehearsal for the next big disruption. Especially that second point actually gives me a lot of a huge sense of urgency that we have to act. So that's certainly part of, you know, why I get out of bed every morning and again what helps me is is that Unilever is so clear on its purpose as a company it's making sustainable living commonplace and that's never been important than today when we're really on the brink of massive disruption from climate change so i find it relatively easy just to 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 you know stay motivated because it is so necessary now to make sustainable living commonplace, and then I think having that North Star at a time when so much is uncertain and you know so many things are hard, I think that really helps our organization as well. You know, we get out of bed for something bigger, even when times are hard, and and we really we're serious when we say we want to build back better through you know some of the things we just talked about, like our commitments, but also our partnerships with others and our support for things like the European Union's Green Deal which tries to do the same.
0: I'm picking up on that point a little bit, Hannah Kay. I mean, as a business leader, um, going through the global pandemic, hopefully looking forward, looking at that kind of rebuilding better, what does that mean to you personally? And, and can you expand a little bit more on what you hope it will mean for the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, so there, there's a couple of areas that are obviously incredibly concerning. One is the environment, sustainability to planet, and the other one is inequality. And that second one, unfortunately, looks like it will be made even worse by COVID. So I very much hope that as Unilever, you know, we can we can show the way on both of those areas. That's why as a company we've come out with new
0: climate and nature commitments last summer, right in the middle of COVID. Um Hannah-K, that brings us to the end of our conversation today. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights with us. They are really, truly useful and inspiring.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me. And thank you for all the work that you guys do. And uh, we look forward to partnering for many years to come.
0: And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback, so please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.